You know what today is. Don't play. Come on now. You, you, there's only one reason why you're here. It is Wednesday. Yes, indeed. It's Wednesday. And we are here for another episode of Face It With The Father. I am Minister Kevin D. Jones Sr. I am here with my brother from another mother, Larry Bernard Jr. And we have a special guest camera person in the person of the media ministry's finest and my favorite little girl in the world, Jalea Jones. And we are here for Face It With The Father. Face It With The Father is a biblical venue whereby we look at real Real world Bible problems through the lens of the Word of God. Cannot forget to mention that to my right, your left, you can't see off camera, is my favorite guy, uh, my stunt double, Mr. KJ. We are here to focus on growing in the Word. Today, our facing with the Father, we're going to face resistance with the Father. Let's go. Welcome you again to Face It With The Father. Today, as stated, we're talking about resistance. So here's what I know. I know that if you're watching this, you're striving to grow in God. If you're watching this, it's because you want to be better in the Lord. If you're watching this, you understand that a big part of your improvement is married to your connectivity with God. And if you're watching this, I also know something that's true about all of us, and that is we are striving to grow in God, but there is an adversarial position that we have in relationship to our growth in God that is forcing us into entering into a state of resistance. Here's what I know. When I think about the person that is really hindering my growth the most, I cannot help but to note that one of the greatest problems in my life is me. Now, I'm going to share with you today that there is a greater problem than you. And when you understand this, it's going to help you to really get into position and to understand how to operate in spiritual warfare so that you can be successful in your walk with God. You need to know without any shadow of a doubt that there is an undeniable force that wants you to abandon your walk of righteousness and wants you to continue to walk in a manner that's displeasing and unfavorable to God. When you understand that that thought alone, that truth alone ought to motivate you to begin to enter into a space where you appreciate resistance. To gather our thought for today, I want you to meet me in Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 through 13. In Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 through 13, listen carefully as we examine the word of God and gather our three focused thoughts for today. First, the Bible says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual host of wickedness in 
the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Uh, today, I want you to focus your mind on this reality. Intentionally, this lesson applies to everybody. So it's most beneficial if you understand that right now this lesson applies to you. I'm teaching it to you, understanding that it applies to me. And we are going to learn from God how we as human beings who surrendered our lives to God can be successful in a world filled with sin as we strive to make righteousness our goal. The first thing that you have to know, number one, is you have to understand that you can live a faithful life. I know, I know I'm talking to somebody who's struggling with some measure of sin and you've fallen so much that you're starting to entertain the idea that maybe, just maybe, you're not able to withstand. I do want you to know that you can do it, but only with God. That's right. It is impossible for you to win your bout against unrighteousness on your own. There is not a human person alive who is able to fight against the devil on the basis of their quote unquote goodness, their quote unquote righteousness. Everybody, if you're going to be successful, you're only going to get there if you're fighting with God on your side. Listen to verse number 10. The Bible says it says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Those words, again, the word study there is so powerful. The term be strong is essentially to be enabled. And when he talks about being enabled, he's talking about how you can be or become rendered more capable or able to do a task. That is, when he says be strong, he's inviting you to level up on your strength. The strength that you have in the natural, it's not enough. You've got to get a little bit more. The be strong has not to do with a state of who you are, but has to do with a state of increasing the power that you have. Well, where am I going to get this power? He says be be strong in the Lord. When we talk about in the Lord, the concept in the Lord only meets and agrees with a favorable relationship with God. You cannot be in the Lord without a favorable relationship with God. No wonder the Bible says in Revelation 14, in the 14th chapter of John's Revelation, looking at verse number 13, Considering the term in the Lord, he told us be strong in the Lord. I'm suggesting to you that to be in the Lord is to have a favored relationship with God. In Revelation, the 14th chapter, look with me at verse number 13. The Bible says, then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, right, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the spirit that they may rest from their labors and their works follow them. The blessing of those who die doesn't fall on everyone who dies. He says there is a blessing in Revelation. There is a blessing on those who die who are in the Lord. And the blessing is not on death because all men die. Hebrews 9 27. But it's those who die in the Lord. And that's the reason why if I could just drop this in while 
while I'm standing over the gumbo. That's the reason why if we're not doing anything today, we have to. We have to ensure that we are doing our level best to make things right with God. So he's telling us, be strong in the Lord. That is my strength, my power, my authority to command in situations, my ability to level up on the efficiency of my strength comes when I have a favorable relationship with God. But I don't want you to miss that. I want you to appreciate that. What he's telling me is, is that the key to my strength has to do with being in good connection with God. You know, one of the great things that I started to ask myself, I even started to pray on it these weeks, is I said, Lord, teach me how to lean on your strength. You know, a lot of times as humans, we talk about the Lord and we talk about faith in the Lord. but We find ourselves so anxious and so overwhelmed in situations that I don't think that we're taking the time to pause and to pray and to ask God, Lord, teach me how to live by your strength. Teach me what does it mean for me to trust in you in the midst of turbulent times? Paul says, be strong in the Lord in verse number 10. He says, uh, and in the power of his might. That is, my strength is not my own. My strength is God's. So I start to look at life different. And I'm telling you, our point number one is you can do it, but only with God. That is, if you're trying to figure out how you're going to do it alone, you're going to mess up. That is, you can't write enough sticky notes and stick them on the mirror and you can't set enough timers and you you can't delete enough numbers and you can't block enough contacts and you can't avoid that man or avoid that girl that much. It's impossible. At some point, you're going to have to understand that the breakthrough you need to be able to resist the devil is you're going to have to learn to lean on the Lord. And if you don't know how, you got to start praying on how. But we're going to get more into how. Uh, the first thing that I know is you can do it, but only with God. How do you know that's true, preacher? Well, look at verse number 11. Verse number 11 says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. You know, that word armor is interesting you know, when you look at it in the Greek, it, it, the, the term, uh, we get our word whole armor. Whole armor is how we talk about it in the English. But in the Greek, the, the two words make up one word. And that one word is panopleia, panopleia. And the panopleia is the confidence. That is, the warrior's confidence is in the panopleia. His confidence is not in his ability to yield the sword, to throw the spear, to fight his weightlifting, his muscles, his confidence in his, his armor, the panoplia. And what he's telling us is, is that you can, you are able to stand with confidence with the whole armor of God. Consider this, if you will, meet me in Luke chapter 11, Luke chapter 11. I'm telling you, you can resist. How can I resist? You can resist only if you resist with God. You can't do it on your own. You're going to need some help and God wants to help you to get it done. The panoplia, the whole armor of God, that's your confidence. It's not your prayer life. It's not your righteousness. It's not, it's, it's not your Bible reading. It's not your memory verse quoting. All those things are wonderful, but those things are designed to intensify and to enhance the intimacy you share with God. At the end of the day, you're going to recognize that to beat the 
the sin that's striving against your life, you're going to have to trust in the power that has been given to you, enabling you to stand from God. Luke chapter 11, and we're looking together at verses 21 and 22. The Bible says, listen carefully, when a strong man fully armed, when a strong man fully armed guards his own palace, his goods are in peace. Now, appreciate that because it's intentional. The Bible says that the man is strong. That is, the man has done the things necessary to build up the muscular physique of his body. But listen to what he says in the next verse. He says, but when a stronger than he comes upon him and overcomes him, he takes from him all his armor in which he trusted and divides a spoil. Appreciate that. The strong man, the strong man in all of his muscular strength, he trusted in his panoplia. He trusted in his armor, but a stronger man comes and the stronger man overcomes him and takes that armor that he trusted in. I'm suggesting to you that you will only be able to stand victorious if you allow the panoplia of God to cover you. Listen to it once again. Verse number 11. He says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That stand once again, that is to endure. It's to withstand. It's to face and withstand with courage. The wiles of the devil. That's interesting. That's the methods of the devil. Listen very carefully. I know he's looking systematically because that term wiles is defined as a way of doing something deceptive especially in a systematic way. It implies an orderly, logical arrangement, usually in steps. That is, the devil is 10 steps ahead of you. He knows what he's striving to get you to fall victim to, to be hurt by. And I'm telling you, the devil has been doing his job wonderfully since the garden. And he's been masterful in what he does. And there's not a person with a pulse who's been able to stand against him. So if we're going to be victorious, the only way we're ever going to get there is we're going to have to realize we don't have what it takes. We've got to lean on God, trust in God, and he's going to empower us to get the rest of it. My first point to you is you can do it, but only in God. Second thing I want you to know, very important on today, is I also want you to know that your enemy is the enemy. That's right, your enemy is the enemy. Your enemy is not your boyfriend, it's not your girlfriend, it's not your temper, it's not uh, alcohol, it's not even you. Your enemy is the enemy. Now I know what you're thinking, some of those things that I named have triggering impacts on you. And I don't want you to miss that your enemy can use a lot of things, even you and I, to trip us up. But we've got to understand that the problem is not you and the problem is not me. The problem is the enemy. And when I understand the problem, it helps me to be more successful in my ability to resist. You see, the enemy, what you've got to understand is that the enemy, uh, he knows his territory. He knows his realm. Look at verse 12. Verse 12, the Bible says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. That is, I always tell uh, the church when they're gathered together here, I'll tell them, if you can see your enemy, then that's not your enemy. That is, if I can look at you, I don't care if you are 
using profanity towards me and you're professing hatred towards me, you're not my enemy. Truth be told, I hope, trust and pray that you recognize that your enemy is activated against you and that you might surrender that old man and that you might join me in our redeemer. And when you throw off the enemy, you'll find that the enemy that you hated will become the brother that you love. Remember, there was a time when the church was so opposed to Saul that they wanted to kill him. Only to find years later when Saul was getting ready to leave the church at Ephesus, they were crying to see him go. What was the transformation? The transformation was they had to come to understand Saul was never their enemy. The enemy using Saul was their enemy. And when he became victorious in getting the enemy's control out of his life, he actually became someone that they loved. Why is that important to know? That's important to know for two reasons. One, I need to know that everyone can be redeemed. And two, I need to know that I can as well. That's right. If you don't start believing this about anybody, you've got to believe this about yourself. You got to know that I don't care what it is, how long you've been struggling with it. You are not the problem. The enemy's presence influential in your life is the problem. And you've got to figure out how to stand against him. Watch again. The Bible tells us uh, he tells us in, in, in chapter uh, chapter 10, chapter six, rather verse number 12. He says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. How am I supposed to be able to be victorious of them? Well, he told me to put on the whole armor of God. I wish I had time. I'd take you through verses 14 through 17, but I feel I ought to hold that. That sounds like a lesson we need to definitely have very soon. But consider what he says about the enemy. Verse number 12, listen to his operating realm. Yeah, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrap us against principalities, powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against the spiritual host of weakness in the heavenly places. Well, why is that so good to know? That's good to know because if the Lord, if the Lord is the one that I'm leaning on, if he's the one that's going to empower me to resist, then I need to know that he can successfully resist the enemy. And you know that he can. You know, I, I was taking a course and the professor says that, you know, oftentimes Christians of today struggle with reading the book of Revelation. They feel terrified of the book of Revelation. And when in actual fact, the book of Revelation is a love story. The book of Revelation teaches us ultimately God wins. So how do I know he can win against my enemy? Meet me, if you will, in Ephesians chapter one. There the Bible reads, listen carefully, it says in verse number 19, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Far above, far above all principalities and power and might and dominion, every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he is and, and he put all things under his feet, gave him to be the head of all things to the church, which is 
which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Appreciate that. The Bible says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness. But the Bible also tells me that my savior has been placed far above all principalities and powers. That is the devil. He's beating me up, but the devil's beating me up because I'm fighting down here. And the devil's fighting down here. Yeah, I'm fighting down here and the devil's fighting down here. You see, I'm 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 a kindergarten kid. Right. And the devil, he's a ninth grade bully. And no matter how much I try as a kindergarten kid, I can't beat the ninth grade bully. The ninth grade bully is going to beat me up no matter what. But what I've got news for is that while I'm fighting down here and the devil's down up here, my God, he's Iron Mike Tyson. That's right. He's fighting up here. And I don't care how big and bad this ninth grade bully is towards me, he's never going to beat Iron Mike. So I trust in the fact that while I'm down here and the devil's right here, my God is up here. And if I stand with God, God's going to give me the strength to be able to be victorious over the enemy. I just have to know that the enemy is not those around me. I don't need to hate people. I don't need to despise people. I don't need to wish ill over people. I don't want to wish God would strike anybody down. No, I hope they'll come to the realization of the need to change and to surrender their existence to him because I'm standing when I understand that every evil around me and every evil within me is not affiliated with those around me and it's not affiliated with what's going on within me. It is in my willful decision to make up my mind to surrender my fullness to God, knowing that God can enable me to overcome the enemy's strategy against me so that I might be able to stand. Oh, wonderful news that is. First thing is I can do it only with God, but to do it with God, I got to know that my enemy is the enemy. Last thing that you got to know, you stand in God's power by your integrity. Yeah, that's right. I know God's got it and God has the authority, but you see, God wants you to do your part. And how does God want you to do your part? Listen very carefully. Ephesians chapter six and verse number 13, the Bible says this. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. That is, my ability to stand with God is married to my putting on the entirety of the panoplia of God. I've got to put on the entirety of the confidence of God. I've got to allow everything about his righteousness to overwhelm me and to cover me. And again, verses 14 through verses 14 through 17 is going to list it. And we're definitely going to unpack that very soon. But 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 the most important thing that I've got to know is I've got to allow all of that to cover me. And if I allow that to cover me, I then meet and agree with God. Oh, I got to go to it. I just can't talk about it. I got to go to it. Verse number 14. Listen carefully. Stand, therefore, having your waist with the truth, having the breastplate of righteousness, having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace above all, taking the shield of faith, which is able to quench all the fiery darts, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I've got to arm myself with all that is of God. And when I arm myself with God, I can stand with God and God will fight on my behalf. That is, I can't arm myself with unrighteousness and stand with God. I'll lose every time. 
See, if I do that, I invite the enemy into my panoplia. And once he gets inside my armor, he's going to overwhelm me because my confidence is not in me. My confidence is in the armor. Let's face resistance with the father. Let's accept two things about ourselves. One, you're not doomed to sin. You're not unsavable. You're not good for nothing. You're not absolutely unrighteous. You are better than you give yourself credit for. The only person who gets any victory by bashing you and making you feel like nothing is the devil because it keeps you feeling less than your best. And you start to trust in the foolishness of iniquity. You've got to trust that you have quality about you. God is with you and that he loves you. Allow God to step into the thing. Allow yourself to understand I can resist if I trust in God. My enemy is the enemy and I'm not worried about anybody else. I just understand that I've got to make sure that I keep the enemy at bay. How do I keep the enemy at bay? I stand with integrity with God. And if I stand with integrity with God, God promises he'll never leave me nor forsake me. Let's pray. Almost righteous and awesome heavenly father, Lord, we just want to say thank you. We thank you because we understand that in you we are able to stand. Lord, we will not be victorious in all things. We will not be most powerful in all things. But what we do trust, know and believe is that if you are for us, no entity can stand against us. Lord, you told us no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And the reason why that is the case is not because of who we are, but it's because of whose we are. Lord, help us to know that we are worth continuing the fight. The devil is a liar. It's not over for us. It's not done for us. We can overcome evil. We can resist evil. We just have to trust in you. Lord, I pray that you will empower the ears of every person to know that it is, it is possible and it is certainly assured in you that we can stand more righteous tomorrow. We can stand more righteous today than we ever were yesterday because you've been God every day. Thank you, God, for your goodness. Thank you for your greatness and your mercy. Bless us and keep us. These and all prayers we ask in your son Jesus name we pray. Let us all say amen. So we thank you for stopping in with us for this week on Face It With The Father. Ensure to visit us at www.pembrokeparkcoc.com. There you'll find everything that we're striving to do in our Sunday morning digital worship experience. Love in the Lobby, our podcast, social media, our t-shirts. Just check us out there. We look forward to seeing you uh, again in the near future. On behalf of myself, my brother from another mother, Larry Bernard Jr., our special camera person for today, Ms. Julia Jones, and my stunt double, Mr. K. Jay, we are so thankful to be here with you. Please know that you're going to face a lot of stuff in this life, good, bad, high and low, but ensure that whatever you face, make sure you face it with the father. Y'all take care of your best.
Welcome to The Mirror. This is a prayer devotion provided to you by Face It With The Father. The goal of The Mirror is while we face all things in life with the Father, our desire is to look at ourselves through the glance of the Word of God and prayer. Today, we focus on resistance. Resistance is defined as the ability not to be affected by something, especially adversarially. The term resistance is synonymous with words like fight, confrontation, struggle, and challenge. When I think about what it is to resist, it puts me into the mentality that I must become a warrior. It lets me know that I must become a warrior because I'm facing opposition and the opposition wants to overwhelm me. There is something that I want and there's something that the opposition wants and those two don't meet and agree and what the opposition wants, particularly in respect to what we're talking about, is the opposition wants me to give up my call to righteousness and to entertain the will and the way of the old man. I'm striving to resist that. And that's what brings us to the word prayer and our focus on the mirror today. To gather our thought, we meet in 1 Peter chapter 4, looking at verses 1 and 2. The Bible says, Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God. In this passage, Peter is beginning to teach us how we ought to change the way we think for the glory of God and why such a change is necessary. He reminds us that Christ suffered in the flesh. That is, Christ went through a measure of challenge and difficulty while he was in this body. But you can never forget why he did it. In the garden, he said, Lord, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. This prayer suggests that Jesus is open to the fact that if salvation can happen without the suffering of the cross, he will meet and agree happily with God for that. But he didn't stop there. He went on to say, but not my will, let your will be done. That is, if suffering is what you would have me to do so that your name could be glorified, then I'm willing to suffer. Peter says we must remember that's the way he thought. He was willing to suffer to ensure 
that the cause of the kingdom was paramount and the highest in his life. He tells us to arm ourselves with the same mind. That is, we've got to start thinking the same way. I've got to be willing to suffer, to endure, to resist so that the will of God can be made high in my life. Peter would then go on to tell us that he who suffered in the flesh, he did it because he died to any allegiance to sin. We know that Christ lived a sinless life. Therefore, if I'm going to arm myself with the same thinking, I have to understand that my suffering means that I have to say no to sin. This saying no causes me to suffer because in the core of all human beings rest a portion of who they are that enjoys things that are not in agreement with God. We all battle with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. But Peter is telling us we've got to fight against that the way the Lord fought against that. And in doing that, he reminds us in verse number two that he didn't live for what he wanted. He lived for what God said. I'm resisting not because it feels good. I'm resisting because God is good. When I think about my life today, and as I meditate on your experience, I want you to know that there will always be within us a portion of us that wants to live, to operate, and to behave in a way that is not in agreement with God. We have to fight against that for two reasons. One, because we want the kingdom and God to be glorified. We want the devil to be horrified. But more importantly, we want the Lord to be proud of us in the life that we live. And God's pleasure is in our persistent resistance. Let us pray. Dear God, I thank you so very much for this passage. I thank you so very much for this word. Lord, this word reminds me that I'm not doing something amazing, something new, something original when I stand against evil. I'm doing what our elder brother did first. I'm doing what he demonstrated to us how it ought to be done. And in living in the life that he lived, we hope to enjoy one day the home that he has. Lord, I thank you for allowing this word to react on our minds, to cause us to look differently at giving in to sin and to allowing ourselves a pass on unrighteousness. Lord, I pray that you would begin to impress upon us the knowledge of knowing that such a thought, not only is it giving up on the fight, but it's insulting to who you are. Lord, I pray that you would bless us not only to live lives of resistance, but to set an example of resistance, that the light of our resistance would shine for those who has a dim lit light for resistance in their own existence, that they would see us standing courageously for you and they might become encouraged to do the same. Lord, I thank you for just being so good and I thank you for being patient. 
Lord, you could have destroyed us in our moments of giving a pass to iniquity, but you were gracious and merciful. Lord, help us to remember where Paul says, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. And Lord, give us the wherewithal to stand for you on a consistent basis. King Jesus, we praise your name. We thank you and we love you. These and all prayers we ask in your son Jesus' name we pray. Let us all say, Amen. Join us weekly in the mirror as we face life strategies with the Father, but with also a self-reflective view from the Word.